Welcome to the Trailer Cast with Elise Snipes. Each week, I will be sharing with you from inside my vintage trailer where I work as a therapist and share some of my musings on the human experience. I am endlessly fascinated and inspired by people. I love being a therapist and I'm deeply grateful for the intimate and beautiful work I get to do. I believe we are wildly capable of healing and making this world a better place, and this is my attempt at doing that. Sharing beauty to invoke beauty. May you find yourself inside these stories and ponderings and be better for it. Cheers. Happy Easter! <laughs> and welcome to this special edition of TrailerCast. Um, today is Easter, and my big disclaimer is that this is a conversation for everyone. So if you do not identify into any specific spiritual practice, know that you are welcome here. Your thoughts and feelings and questions, your doubts and experiences and pain, um, your hope and wonder about the resurrection. Um, and then if you're like, wait, today's Easter, you're also welcome here. So <laughs> I'm with my friend, Katie Caseda, and today we are going to be talking about um, what the heck is it? Mm-hmm. Katie is a story coach and she is also a part of the tiny house movement um, and I'm gonna let her tell you guys a little bit more about her. Yeah thanks Elise. Um, yes I'm a story coach which is a very odd vague job that I made up but I do it for a living so that's fine um, and I help people craft a part of their story in service of others in a way that's concise and so um, it's a, mostly verbal like hey how do I talk about what happened to me or how do I craft a keynote or a chapter of a book or a TED talk or a mops talk in mm-hmm. a way that will help people while using my story and finding out what the bigger story is. So I've always been fascinated by story. I'm a storyteller by nature. I am a probably 10th generation storyteller. You know, my dad's the guy who like meets people at the gas station and tells them a story. Um, and so I've been doing it for years and now it's my full-time gig. And yeah, me and my husband, Danny have two daughters, Gracie and Lane. They're three and one, and we live in a 180 square foot renovated travel trailer but during quarantine we are I want to give the caveat staying with my parents because I don't think I could be I have loved it for two years but I would not like to be inside it for three months so we're now here but we really love it and appreciate it yep the tiny home movement could be a whole podcast and conversation in and of itself for so sure for sure I'd like to like dog ear that as like we there will be so many questions and if you're listening and you have questions about like tell me more where can I find you on Instagram to see that Mm-hmm. It's all, most of the things are on Instagram at Katie Casada, K-A-T-I-E-Q-U-E-S-A-D-A. Um, and yeah, one day we can talk about minimalism and all of that. Yeah. So that's yeah. another conversation. But for yeah. now, it's Easter. It's Easter. Yeah. I have so many thoughts and feelings and our, both of our backgrounds are actually interestingly harried in this, on this mm-hmm. day. So um, let's just dive in. Like the, the, the stuff around Easter, what it is from like a religious perspective, and then hopefully we'll move to what it is for us now. Yeah. Um, yeah, my own kind of journey with Easter is that I didn't grow up in a Christian family at all. Um, and so I, I just knew about, you know, the Easter bunny. I don't know if you've heard about yeah. the bunny. Um, and Why? So I just, That's how I grew up. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. I so I had Easter no bunny. semblance of like, Easter clothes or church. I didn't go to church on Easter. Um, And then in high school, I actually got really involved in a church and then went into full-time Christian ministry for 10 years. So as a a church pastor, 
Yes, yeah. I was a P pastor at a yeah. church. <laughs> uh, and so Easter for 10 years looked like a 5 a.m. call time. And I worked all day. It was like Super Bowl for us. So we were there so early running hundreds of volunteers and leading on a giant stage with thousands of people and all of the things. Um, and it is not that anymore. And I, there's a lot of that that I feel really grateful for that it's yeah. not that. And there's some things that about it that I do miss. So mm -hmm. it's, it is a little bit of hopeful grieving in all of it. Um, but it, it's, it's definitely a different place than I had been before. Okay, so tell me your, tell me the story. Tell me the, there's like a, a line, a famous line. Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> so when I was a, when I was a teenager, I just started dating my uh, now husband. Uh, we have been together for similar, very similar to Elise and Jesse, mm -hmm. you know, since we were seven years old, not really, but um, <laughs> feels like it. Since we were 16. Um, and I called my husband's family's house on Easter Sunday and I was trying to find Danny. Remember when people had house phones? Let's just start with that fact. Um, <laughs> So I called his house phone and uh, I picked up the phone and I heard his dad say, he is risen. And I said, hello. And he said, he is risen. And I said, huh? And he was like, Katie, he is risen. And so I just said, yay. <laughs> and he, he decided to never let me live that down. Cause I had no idea that other people say back, you're supposed to say back, he is risen indeed is the update that I didn't know at the time. And so then for the next, I don't know, 10 years on Easter Sunday, I still call and I'll, he'll say he is risen. And I'll say, you know what? He is risen indeed now that I know, but I didn't know. It. <laughs> totally. There's no way to know. Which is similar to like a lot of introduction within Christianity. Like you don't really yes. know until you're like looking around like this is so weird until it stops being weird because then you're just like, he is risen indeed. And you stop mm -hmm. thinking almost about like what you're actually saying. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So... Last week, I had a friend deliver me a starter to a sourdough bread what situation. She is, no, she is. It was a labor of love, without a doubt. Like, her actual labor, and she shared it with me. <laughs> um, there, there are things that I am, and there are things that I am not. And one of the things that I am not, I have come to find, is a baker. Hmm. Mm -hmm. As I was preparing this loaf, I didn't realize it was like, then you let it rest for four hours. And I'm like, Okay. Okay. So we got to the first four hour situation and then it's like, do this every half an hour. I'm like, okay, for four more hours. There are things that baking requires. One is precision, which I am very underdeveloped in. Uh, mm -hmm. Two, patience, also similarly not super practiced in. Um, and as I'm going through this, I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm texting her the whole time. Like, did you do this too? Did you do this too? Is this what it really requires? And so I'm the whole time I'm like, I'm like anxiously attaching to the bread. <laughs> just like, am I doing it right? Is it puffy enough? Has it done what it's supposed to do? And then eventually I'm going to stick it in the oven at the end of the night. It's like eight o'clock because I finally get to finish baking my bread. And when she comes out of the oven, I take a picture and I text my friend and I tell her she is risen. <laughs> it's the same kind of miracle. It, is, it was a miracle. It yes. was a true miracle. It's a true and miracle. She, she knew the light and she responded, she is risen indeed. Exactly. <laughs> so... Some things that I like about both of these stories is that there is, sure, there's something tongue-in-cheek in the idea of mm -hmm. what we're saying, but also that there's like a, like Resurrection Sunday is a massive tradition, mm -hmm. and there is something miraculous about a loaf of bread coming together and is also part of that big metaphor mm -hmm. of the rising and the sharing and the gleaning and 
and the things. Yeah, and that's what we, Elise and I process through a lot in story crafting is this idea of a micro story versus a macro story. And for a lot of us, we've only heard the micro story, like, well, because I don't believe the micro story that this man exactly 2020 years ago died and and physically rose from the dead and he lived in this exact spot and this was his hair color and because I don't believe those exact things I can't believe in the macro story the macro story of rising mm. of hope of defeating death of eternal things of like the unbelievable beauty yeah. of good friday to easter sunday like that what that mm. means about our life and our story and who we are and for a lot of us, like the micro story, especially as it is attached to religion, um, we, we kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater on that one. Mm -hmm. Like to say, okay, I don't want the micro story. And so I don't want the macro story. But I think that was a part of our conversations, Lisa. And what I'm wrestling with in myself is like, oh, wait, it's, I can untie a little bit of the religious bows yes. and open the present and, and, and rising is still really beautiful and resurrection mm. is still really beautiful. And I'm allowed to celebrate the resurrection, even if I don't know exactly what I mean when I say mm -hmm. that, like, and I don't still, you know, there's still so much undoing within me, but I think the person of Jesus and the rising of the person of Jesus and the defeating of death and this, this thought that like, there are things that are eternal and bigger and more mm -hmm. hopeful and more beautiful and that I can have the macro story without needing to pressure the micro story mm -hmm. in such a way that if you don't believe the exact same thing as me, you don't get to be a part of the rising. And that's where it's like, wait, what? Huh? So, I mean, I think that there's so much to that, but this idea that Easter that today we get to celebrate collectively, like, oh, we all get to say that, like, there are things that are bigger than death, mm. and there are things that are more hopeful than Good Friday, and mm. there are things that are, you know, I, I, I mean, even as simple as bread, I do believe that those are, like, the same miracles mm -hmm. to say, like, oh, wow, like, I get to be a part of things that are coming to life, and, yeah. or even I get to be a part of things that I thought were dead and now are living like relationships that I thought had died and friendships or that I thought had died or um, experiences or parts of myself that I thought had died. Like I get to say to those things, like I believe in resurrection mm -hmm. and that is like such a juxtaposition to what religion has told a lot of us. I, your distinction between macro and micro gives this story a new way for people to enter in because the micro is so exclusionary, right? So if, mm -hmm. like you said, if I don't believe in the literal actual person of Jesus being divine and, and all that, then I can't have access to somehow the idea of hope or miracle. Um, I want to, together right now in lifetime, and then also for people, people that are listening, I want you to think about what the macro story could be. So mm -hmm. Um, the difference in that one way we broke it down before is that macro is value based. So ma the bigger story is a value where the micro is the literal like, and then they rolled the tombstone mm -hmm. away. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. So the macro is the, the value or the experiential part of the detailed story. So mm. macro, when I step back for Easter, and again, I really want listeners at some point to come back to this. What else is the story about? could be the question that you ask yourself when you're trying to determine what macro is. Um, when I step way out and zoom out of what resurrection and what that story is, I see that it's like a belief in impossible. Hmm. 
um, I also hear like it's like what humans have always done, which is tried to make sense of things. And so they did their best job to try to like make sense of something that was insane and, and crazy in front of them. And we that's where mm-hmm. stories born. Mm-hmm. And then mystery, like. And for some reason, we want to always understand this mystery where it's like, what if we just let the macro story be good enough? Mm-hmm. Like, what if macro is all that? What if macro is enough? It, that I believe that, that there are things beyond what I understand. That sometimes impossible things do happen. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into weaving that back into a micro version in a second, but I wanted to stick in the macro for a sec. Like, what other parts of the Easter story, Resurrection Sunday, what other macro themes or things do you see that are also ways to relate to the story? Yeah, I think a part of it is this like eternal hope. I think that's what like so much of the Christian faith is founded on, but Mm. just this idea that like, oh, I thought, I thought it was just that everything died, you know, and that that was the end of the story. And I think that that's the macro that I love about this story is the bigger part of the story is like when something dies, everything isn't over. And that I think like in grieving or in relationships or in seasons, you know, all of it, it's like, I mean, the macro story, the beautiful part of the macro story is that like, you know, we can say, oh, Easter Sunday is because of the the way the the moon's aligned and blah, blah, blah. You Mm -hmm. know, we can make up these dates. Like it's probably the day that he died and rose. Like that's all micro. Macro is spring. Hmm. Like macro is like, it was winter and now it is spring. Like, And that's the aligning of the story. Like, wow, I thought that something had gone and now it's coming back to life. Like yes. right before my eyes in a way that's tangible and ethereal and like, oh, I can, I can smell it and taste it and touch it. And it's, it, as much as it is a miracle, it is absolutely practical. Mm. And so I think that those kind of like bigger macro stories of Easter is what we can today celebrate to say like, I mean, and especially in the world we're living in right now, like, I mean, in the middle of quarantine and yeah. in the middle of so much that we're experiencing, like this isn't forever mm-hmm. is the story of, is the macro story of Easter that I will always love. Like mm. whatever pain I'm experiencing is not the end. It isn't yeah. the forever. Um, there is something else. There is something more. Yes. Yes. I like that. You know, it's, in, as I also parent children, through this time as well. I have also yeah. been emphasizing the macro part of the story of mm-hmm. like this year I had to try to break it down as an um, ultimately you don't know how it ends. So mm. with, for our older son, it was like super inquisitive trying to explain like, here's the story, you know, here's the micro story, you know that you can read that. But what else it might be saying is that, Hey, just when you think it's going to go like this, you actually don't know how it's going to go. And my hope is that you always think it's better than you can, than you anticipate, cool. right? Mm-hmm. And so that, so then as a parent, I try to give them experiences. So this is where I fold the macro story for me back into a micro story is how can I create an experience where my kids can have that outside of just reading a black and white text? Yeah. So how can I recreate an experience of mystery or agony or waiting um, and a burst of like, I didn't even know it was going to be that good, right? Mm. Because if if they have that, then they're going to have the story. So I feel like I've been, and and I can talk about how I did that specifically last year, Um, but I wanted to give a a note to maybe how I see resurrection, specifically what I would maybe now call the theology of impossible, Mm. is every time I meet with somebody for therapy, 
I have to operate on the belief that every impossible thing is possible, that mm. their total healing is possible, that they will yeah. be all better. Like I believe in the theology of all the way better for people. And I yeah. do believe that's another version of, of resurrection. It's life after death. It's at its worst, there will be better. And that is why we keep pushing forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that there's something that even in, and I think as kind of what I was leading to earlier that we've processed before too, that there, when you do have a season outside of like regular congregated church or religion as experience, you know, those kinds of things, um, or religious religion as like a part of something exclusive or inclusive or exclusive, um, which we're all experiencing this Easter Sunday. So none of us, you know, are gathering in huge crowds. So all of us are experiencing this on a different layer or level than we have before, but Mm -hmm. I think that when you do leave those spaces, you do get to grieve. Like I all, what I also love about Easter is like sitting around a table and saying to other people, like, what did you think was going to be the end? And it wasn't Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. or what do you hope for? That seems impossible. Like, and there, that just might be some leading question. And that's all it is, is whoever you are quarantined with, you know, and if you are quarantined single, this is a great FaceTime (laughs) call, but like, maybe that's just the Easter prompting is like, what like maybe you don't believe in the any part of the religious experience of Easter, yeah. but the macro story is like mm-hmm. these things that we as humans can hold to say like, what did I think was the end and it wasn't? What am I hoping for that feels impossible? Yeah. Um, in what ways did I think that something was going to end or die and it didn't? Like, mm-hmm. and how do you kind of ask those bigger questions to stir up this impossible miraculous feeling within yourself to know that there is more and so I think the gathering of it, I am grieving this year. It's like, oh, wow, this is so much sweeter, you know, and it, and it is, there's something very magical about being in a room of thousands of people, you know, sure, and saying like, sure. this is amazing. But then, um, yeah, I think at least I was telling you that a couple of years ago, we left a very, very long Easter Sunday day. Like I worked so long and logged, you know, 20,000 steps. And like, it was just so crazy. And I got in the car with my husband and we drove away and Danny looked over at me halfway to lunch and I'm like starving and so tired and like, yeah. you know, done with all humans. I can't see another human yep. for three days. And he turned to me and he said, um, you know that we think that someone rose from the dead. And I was like, huh? Yeah, I guess we do. And he's like, do you, do you, do you believe that? <laughs> I was like, first of all, this is not the right time, you know, for that kind of conversation <laughs> after I've just been like on a stage preaching for hours on end. Um, but it really was like such a sweet moment for me to think like, yeah. wow, is if, if I don't believe the micro story, do I lose the macro story? Like, do those things have to both go away? Like, and that's been a part of my own, you know, disorientation mm-hmm. and like deconstruction. But yeah. now it's like, that isn't the question anymore. Yes. Like the, it's that's not the question I'm asking anymore. So, and that's yeah. not the question. Okay, I like that. So what? The, okay, what came up to me is I feel like the macro story has always belonged to all of us, and the micro story is what belongs to Christianity. Okay. Yeah. So the macro story of hope and things changing and transforming and dying and living belongs to everyone always. Yeah. So I'm like, I didn't learn that in a church. I can learn that by being, by gardening, by Mm -hmm. taking the seed and putting it in the ground and watching it become something different. I can watch that by being a human being and giving birth. I can see Mm -hmm. macro story everywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and I know that there is that's something that is um, hard to hear from the religious community because we want it to be ours. So, you know, there's something that just that I want to speak to that too, that that's true, that it is hard to hear like, wait, no, that's not true. That is mine. That is like my exact mm. personal understanding of Jesus. But I think that Easter is similar to me a little bit in communion, like this imagery of communion, you know, a lot of people say like, unless you think it is the literal blood and literal mm. body, you know, you can't take part. Whereas I'm like, oh no, no, that all falls apart quickly. Like Jesus says, whenever you are with people, eat, drink in remembrance of me. Right. And like that micro versus macro story, I think is so similar in so much of these religious circles to say like, it's okay. You don't have to hold on so tight to that story. Yeah. Yeah. I can have it too. Like, that's yeah. like the funny thing. The funny thing for me sometimes about Christians though, is I'm like, but then like, hello, Old Testament and the Jews and like where the story belonged of also hope and big in the story arc is right. like, it's, there is no, they cannot own exclusively mm -hmm. the rights to the micro story. Right. <laughs> right. No, that's so good. And the openness to that is like, yeah. is beautiful. And that will bring together tables and families and people to say like, oh, okay. I'm, and, and when you're in conversations, maybe even on a religious holiday, right. stop asking the question, what do you believe about the micro story? And start asking the questions about yeah. what do we believe about yeah. the macro stories? Yes. Yes. And when we can transition yeah. from that, it changes things. It does. Well, because, and then this is like, like the true heart of it is like that true like dissemination of hope is that we all belong and we all can share and we can all attach to a macro theme or story surrounding hope in a time where I really need something to be different and then yeah. it was. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. I mean, I like, I um, was a pastor's wife and we had one of the worst Easter's in history, um, which might be the reality for most pastor's families on Easter mm -hmm. is that their partner is exhausted and worked and having to show up and be the best for everyone on a day that's supposed to be like the best day of the year for mm -hmm. like the tradition. And it was notoriously one of the worst and hardest and lamest days for our family because what there wasn't was the true support of everyone, which includes the mm -hmm. pastor's family. So it's, there's still a bitter taste in my mouth surrounding the way, and, and I'm, what I'm hearing, when you say the gathering, it's the same thing. The way, like the way the Buddhist community understand this is like the Sangha, like the community. Mm -hmm. So what you crave or miss right now about Easter is the gatherings, the people, it's the bread around the table. Mm -hmm. What was failing sometimes in church is the true like room for everybody, including the staff, to be able to have that Easter mm -hmm. rest or that Easter restoration. Mm -hmm. And I think that's still like now it's like, oh, now that we're out, mm -hmm. I, we can determine the rest and the resurrection and the story and the gathering and the egg hunt and the mystery and the excitement and the family and what feels like the, the beauty and sacredness and magic and mystery and impossibility of Easter. Yeah, and I think that that's the, I think that's the brave work of anyone who's ever left church. Um, mm. because I think that I've just seen, and I've had, I've had my own, like, and not that I have left or haven't left church, you know, we still like are a part of a gathering community and like mm -hmm. see ourselves a part of the Christian community. But I've seen over and over again, and even in my own tendencies and seasons where I've taken off church completely is that like, I don't even want to think about Easter. Like, 
yeah, I want to okay. say goodbye to all of it. Mm, like, yeah, I remember that. that. I remember like, that. I remember I don't, that. Yeah, yeah, we've all, like, I think we've been through those mm-hmm. seasons where it's like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to take a picture in the front yard. Like, I want to <laughs> drink a bottle of wine on the couch. Like, bye. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to enter any part of that mm-hmm. story because the story in my head is like, you know, working 12 hour days or like performance, performance, exactly performance. And mm-hmm. I mean, at least I'll never forget my daughter's first Christmas, Gracie, she was like, I don't know, 10 or 11 months. Um, and I was like, we were going to take her to church, but like I work all, I think I was working six services. Yeah. Right. And so I'm like, what you think you're going to take my kid to these things? Um, and so my husband came out and it was like already such a coordination nightmare to be a full-time working parent, you know, and right. all the things. And it's her first Easter. And we bought her an Easter dress and my family had matching outfits. We all walked to the front yard, took an Easter picture. I posted it. And then the babysitter walked in and took my kid inside. And then my husband like, you know, came to one, you know, it was like, I know. I know. I was not going to go to church. Like it's right. way too stressful for her to be at right. church. What if she cries and I'm on a microphone? Like, it's just yep. like, it was just too much. Mm-hmm. And then now looking back, it's like, oh, wait, what does this Sunday then mean? What, what are the sweet things we are going to tell our kids and say like, yes. yeah, it's just how, the brave work for some people who have left those communities is to say the, the bravest sentence they can say is, is I'm celebrating Easter still. And that like holding that in the midst of so much pain mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. like, is when we can say like, oh, wait, I can attach myself to these macro stories because mm-hmm. they've always been all of ours. Yes. And they they still are. And I want to instill within my children resurrection hope without yes. having to say something without all of the baggage that's attached to that. So totally, it's, it's so hard to differentiate and we'll probably spend our whole lives doing that. But yeah. I think there is something really beautiful in that. I, yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm like, when, if we really sift that out, there is still the ability to celebrate the story because even the pain and the dysfunction of religious organization is still not the story of Easter. Right. <laughs> okay. Right. It just happened to be the system that the story of Easter is in. So Good. to Good. really, cl- yeah, right. I'm like, okay, well, I can clear the palette of that then because that system is, was broken before Easter. <laughs> that system is going to be broken after Easter. Mm-hmm. What we choose to do in, with the story is to not be distracted maybe by like the herring, right? And that's, that's mm-hmm. what it feels like when I start getting close to this conversation is I, I want to take the bait of the, of the herring that, um, mm-hmm. that people hurt people. And it's like, okay, but okay, yeah, but let's get, let, coming back to resurrection, coming back to the story, because I think that I'll always want to get waylaid in what's wrong. Mm-hmm. And maybe that is why I love some of the disciples' responses, actually. Mm. which is we see all of those I'm I'm in there I'm in that story I can read myself into that story all day to be like right. prove it right prove it right this is wrong I know it's wrong and we can see the variety of human response and the disciples response to hearing that Jesus rose from the dead right and there's so much to the story that like it's so good to tell our daughters like that women were the first people to find the empty tomb and tell everyone like there's things like that that you're like wait, do I have to throw away the whole story if like everything feels hard or if like it feels tricky? Like that was like a radical act of feminism. Yeah. Like there's such beauty in like so many parts of the Easter story that like the, I mean, and the the journey from Good Friday to Easter Sunday and yes. what like and Silent Saturday and what that means for our own hearts and souls and like all of like the fact that this, this, this giant idea that God made us wait you know, like totally those kinds of things. That's like, oh, like this is not like the micro story isn't good. <laughs> like, correct, correct. It's like the micro story is heartbreaking. Like, yes. And then we could go into the macro story is when we see this, like 
beautiful hope to say like, oh wait, I think mm-hmm. I, I think I want to celebrate Easter. Totally. You know, it's something that maybe you never wanted to say if you have right. left an organization or a religious circle or mm-hmm. faith altogether. That the agony of the waiting, like I feel a, a validation or a justification, like in the sense of like all that pain. I'm like, I'm glad that the story wasn't like Jesus died in the morning and then he was resurrected by lunch. Right. right? It's like right. that I'm glad that the story is like, and then no one knew what the F was going on. Right. <laughs> and then it just sucked. And then the whole world went dark. Like it was the worst day of ever is like right. how what I hear. Right. And I'm like, yes. I felt that. I yes. felt that in my own story that this is that the sun had to have stopped shining. This is the yeah. worst thing I've ever been in. Right. And right. so in a very, very micro version of that, we just were delivered a huge basket of Easter eggs. I mean, like four seconds ago. That's awesome. And my son is like, mom, can we open this up? And I had to tell him no, mm-hmm. because today is not Easter. And whatever I'm still trying to figure out about the resurrection story, what I do know is that there is a moment on Sunday where you are going to lose your ever-loving mind in the best way possible because you're about to go on this mystery hunt to go find all the good things. And if I let you do that right now, it would cheapen the excitement and the experience and the waiting and the longing and the hoping and the like, is it time, is it time, is it time, is it time that, that belong to the faithful, to the children. Mm-hmm. To the people who say, oh, is it Sunday yet? Mm. So I, I look at that sometimes too. And I'm like, how I translate right now, my son is suffering. <laughs> he is mm-hmm. in there in his own micro version, right. suffering for mm-hmm. Sunday to show up. And I'm like, and yes, mm-hmm. son. <laughs> yes, son. We yeah. will suffer mm-hmm. until Sunday. Because I'm right. going to suffer at the expense of your questions. Is it Sunday right. yet? Is right. it Sunday yet? <laughs> right. That's and that's the story act. that we like live into when we get to tell mm-hmm. and we get to, yeah. And that's, I mean, the journey even of Lent, like there's so much yes. there that like will lead us to this Sunday, like yeah. all of 40 days of fasting of Lent leads to Easter Sunday and that like Correct. moment and that experience. And yeah, it's, it, there's so much in it that can translate to our own experiences, Correct. even after we've maybe left a community or a faith or an organization. And so I think that's like a part of it is just that reclaiming, which is so cool because maybe Mm -hmm. for some people listening, like the Easter story this year is that they can hope again in bigger stories. Totally. You know, and like, that's, yeah, that's all it was. Well, and this is like the the thing I I think about often is I'm like, there are some people who have never been hurt by a church and never been damaged by the story. And for them, I hope it is always beautiful. I hope it is untarnished forever. Always. Right. The other people then are the ones that are like, well, where do I fit in? And I think for that group of people, and I would include myself in that group, is like, well, then there's room for you to not know and to hurt and to wonder and to still want to hope and to miss the um, of the, yeah, what is it? That experience. The, the crescendo of, of that. And then I would challenge the continued restoration, right? A reconstruction that comes from how do I enter back into mystery, mm-hmm. true mystery again? Mm-hmm. Okay. Last year, we told our kids that we were going to go up into the hills. And this was like, there's all these mustard, wild mustard fields. And I said, and we're going to go on a journey. And on this journey, we are going to look for something sweet. Hmm. And you don't know what it's going to be. And you don't know where it's going to be. But as you walk, I want you to pay attention to what could be. 
And that's it. That's the whole prompt, right? And I had, my husband and I both had like our pockets full of candy mm-hmm. and they're little enough that we can still pull this stuff off, right? But as we walked and they were out there searching, they're searching for what they do not know, mm-hmm. which I love in and of itself. And then we would like toss a piece of candy up ahead, like a Hershey's Kiss or a, a little egg or a Jolly Rancher or something. And they were just going and as they go, they'd be like, I found it. Like they, like they were on their way to believing that there was something good in front of them. They didn't know what it was going to be. They didn't know where it was going to be, but there was a guarantee that there was going to be something good if they continued to look. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this year, the mustard started blooming again. And my middle son goes, mom, do you think it's time that we go out there and look again for the candy? (laughs) And he notoriously gets the Easter story almost right, (laughs) like, which is perfect. And so I'm like, yeah, buddy, I think it is almost time. And so for him, there's this seasonal story where like he anticipates this mystery that is it that time? Is it, is it almost here? Are we going to find the good stuff? Mm-hmm. And I hope that we can layer more story upon that experience for them as they get older, where we can say, hey, remember when we used to walk in the mustard and you'd find a good thing? That's like life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're walking and you don't know, and you hope, and sometimes you're going to get that thing that's going to make you feel like, okay, this is so cool. That, that moment. And that might be meeting your wife. That might be getting that job. That might be uh, the depression lifting. That might be like whatever, but it's a little, we're giving them a macro actually. Mm-hmm. Right. To build upon. And mm-hmm. that, yeah, I think that that's, that there's so much beauty in that and in tradition and in like how we even talk about it with people we love. I think that's so mm-hmm. connected. And my, my kids are so little, you know, they're, they're one as of one week ago. So like super invested in the Easter story. You know, she knows just all about it. Um, and I'm not teaching any of them any, anything about it. <laughs> currently, they're just my own miracles. You know, currently totally. the end totally. of a story is like, you know, who you are and what you yeah. need to be is like, is a little moment of miraculous mm, power, you know? Yeah, and even today I was thinking about, I was looking down at my daughter, Lane, who's who just turned one um, and thinking about this idea of the impossible or the miracle and one year later, I like forgot for a minute about the two times we miscarried before her. You know, when you like forget about those things because like the miracle becomes kind of normal. And then, but I think that that's, that was the resurrection feeling for me today was just like, oh, you were the miracle, Mm. you know, because I, for like in that season of waiting for us, you know, in that season of pain for us and that season of like heartbreak for us, where I thought like the good is not going to come, you know, I can just like, I mean, that's a part of my own story for another day is like us moving into the tiny house was like, I'm never going to have a second kid. We can't. So the three of us can move into this tiny house, you know, and then one week after we moved in, I got pregnant, but that's another podcast. (laughs) Um, But I think that that's me looking down at her and thinking like, oh yeah, you were the miracle. Like you were that thing I found in the mustard seed. Like you were that Mm -hmm. thing that I thought like, I'm, I'm just going to have to keep walking hot and no one, because the worst part is when you become a grown up and you realize no one's throwing candy anymore. Um, you know, and you have to like walk through that and like experiencing that. So her for me was like, oh wait, you are what Easter this time means for me is like looking yes. at your face and saying yes. like, whoa, like when I didn't think that things were going to be okay. And I was, I walked home, which all the yeah. disciples did, you know, in that story, yeah. like they were his yeah. best friend for three yeah. years. And you see the guy perform like unbelievable miracles. Then he dies yeah. and you just go home. You're like, well, I know I totally, the last story's yeah. over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that 
realization that like, oh wait, there's more and it's coming and it's good and it's for me and I'm allowed to think that way. Yes. The, I hear eclipse in that as well. Like the, mm-hmm. that, the resurrection eclipsed the, the pain of crucifixion, which, mm. Mm, right. But I do hear that this is, that's what I think that's why, um, specifically within like the Jewish tradition that there is so much remembering to lament because mm. we want what makes Lane that much more like mm-hmm. the eclipse is that there was two losses. Right, two. right, right pain, pain, life. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that there is something to the tradition, to the season coming back around where it's like, and then there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And then there was everything again. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Something also struck me, you said that at some point, we're going to be an adult, and there won't be other people throwing candy out that way. And what, where I am now in that is then you throw your own damn candy. Like, right, right. <laughs> this right. is, this is how exactly. I, I feel like there would have been a years where I would have been like, oh, that sucks. And now I'm like, then you go to the damn store, you right, fill exactly. your own pockets full of candy and you throw it on the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I do believe that that's like the moment of, but it's, I mean, it's some of its maturity. It like, so, yeah, it is. It's like, and I not mean, being a victim. I'm not going right. to be victimized by circumstances. I want the candy. Exactly. I'm going to go get that candy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm going to throw it out in the damn field and I'm going to yeah. buy the candy I like, Cadbury <laughs> Mini Yeah. And I'm going to go I'm out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to wander and I'm going to wonder and I'm going to celebrate because I can. Right. Yeah. That's so funny. good. <laughs> <laughs> buy the Easter candy, everyone. Mm-hmm. on Amazon because we will not be going to the stores. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody's going to store today. <laughs> what do you need most out of the Easter story this year? It's hmm. a good question. Um, I think I, this year, need to remember and know that things that I thought maybe have died or ended can, can come back like dreams or um, plans, you know, like our family had a lot of plans before Mm. (laughs) COVID-19. Like we were like, (laughs) you know, about to buy a house and like really planned. We had a lot of good plans and dreams and it feels right now, like, wait, is that all over? Um, Mm. And I think that this Easter, the feeling I need is like what I thought was dead can be born again, you know, and can come back to life and can, the impossible is possible, I think is some of it. And that I don't have to let go of the story because right now it feels like it's gone. Mm-hmm. And that like, that holding on to hope when things seem not super hopeful. Mm-hmm. What about you? Mm. That's a good question. I can't just have it just be on me and you know, it's got to go. <laughs> It came up from the depths, so I had to say mm-hmm. it. Um, I most of the Easter story this year. Um, gosh, that... Maybe that I don't have to write it. Mm. When Beautiful. I think about... Like, there's that there are stories... There are ancient stories that have always existed, and there are ancient stories that are happening right now that mm. will be, be ancient stories. Mm that I don't have to write this. I'm not like, I'm not creating this story. This is a story Mm -hmm. that exists whether or not I say it or write it or read it or believe it. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a freedom in that for me to approach it as something that is rather than something that de- is dependent upon me to be true. Yeah. That's good. And just, yeah, receiving it as a gift as opposed yeah. to something you're now stewarding. You know, I, it may be more than a, different than a gift because I don't want to be something I possess. Like, I think it's like almost like seeing like a big mountain, you know, mm. like, like I can see it and I can wonder at it and be like, that's massive. Wow. So I, I think it like that. That's good. I, and maybe even for people I, that are listening to think about like, what do you need from mm-hmm. this story, from whatever faith tradition you are or not a part of? Do mm-hmm. you need hope or a mountain or uh, silence <laughs> or, or literal resurrection? Like I think mm-hmm. sometimes I wonder what the other way, maybe it would be an easy way in for people that want to, to play Easter <laughs> would be to think about what character do you most resonate with in the Easter story? There might be people that feel super crucified in this story, in, in life right now, losing jobs and things being really scary and unpredictable, or like the person really close to impact or to the women or to any one of the disciples or to the doubting person. Or like, I just think that there might be, that might be a way for people to personalize or see themselves in parts of these stories. It's like, find a way to read the story differently again. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, when you can look at the story from a different lens and, and I, you know, for a lot of us who heard the Ephesus story every year for years and years and years, you become a different person every year in the story, you know, every year you need a different part of that story and you have to hear a different, you know, look at it through a different lens and hear a different voice um, of that. Yeah. Reality to, to know that. And to, you know, for some of us, Mm. the words it is finished are still healing, you know, Mm -hmm. that like Mm -hmm. you don't have to revisit the things that, you know, are done and gone and have died, mm. but that the, the best things will last and yes. that hope will come, you know, and those kinds of things. So I think that there's also in the characters of the story, the words in the story that can be redeemed Yes, in the way that Easter has. Yep. And the other thing too, for pe- most everybody will be home this year. And so right. in that podcasts and, and episodes of things will be people's churches this year, mm-hmm. which is an interesting thought that, yeah, you can have your idea of sacred gathering wherever you are. And I hope that that is what people take away this year is that I can have an experience that is bigger than me right where I am. Yeah. And that might be like, if you have people in your home, like the, the way that you celebrate Easter is that around the dinner table, the question you ask is what feels hard to hope for. Totally. I love like, that. And that's, and that's like a, okay, we can all share what feels hard to hope for. Mm-hmm. And that is the story of the disciples. Yep. And, and then who has the story of like, what came true? Like I also, I, as the four, yeah. I definitely love to go into the pain story. I'm like, mm-hmm. I will tell you all the things that have been hard, mm-hmm. but what I know to be true is, which is beyond hope that oh, it can only come from the experience of witnessing or being a part of things resurrected mm-hmm. is the the uh, the other stories that part, that speak to and it did happen, mm-hmm. you know, and he did wake up and and he did come back and she did you know walk and you know I like that stuff yeah. I think is also also <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. Easter Easter twenty twenty you know. <laughs> And this was for, you know, some people listening, what they needed to just 
re-enter the story, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I think that's a big part of the process in what I do mm -hmm. as a story coach and in storytelling is like, that there are stories that shape us and mold us and create meaning. And we are all as humans completely shaped by story. So like yeah. whether or not you decide to enter into this story, you are shaped by a story. So figure out what it is <laughs> because yes. yeah. it is for sure creating meaning and value in your own life. Yep. Um, and if there are parts of the Easter story that speak to you in meaning and in value, then figure out how it can shape you in an intentional yeah. way um, because it's a story that we all get to be a part of. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to continue thinking about this conversation even over after it's over. And so um, I hope that that's almost what the, what trailer cast does for people is that they're like, Whoa, I didn't think about that. Or I don't know about mm -hmm. that. Or I have no idea what's happening. So I got to research that or, um, or that hurts or that makes mm -hmm. me uncomfortable. Or I really don't like that, mm -hmm. um, which is the best kind of thing. Right. Cause then when we get uncomfortable, we have to adjust something and that adjustment comes growth and transformation and hopefully right. more discomfort. So I, I maybe want to like close with this one. It's, a, it's okay to be in, in the mystery. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also going to say that I can remember the first time I heard the Easter story. Hmm. And, mm -hmm. and I hope for people that are a part of any form of religious or spiritual tradition that you could return to your own first hmm. and remember the absolute mind-blowing moment when you thought this is real. This mm -hmm. person mm -hmm. rose from the dead to for the joy, mm -hmm. for eternal life, mm -hmm. for all people. That is enough to like make the earth stop spinning again. Right. I. That story, that moment, when I heard that or th or felt that really, mm -hmm. I felt like anything was possible. Mm -hmm. And I maybe want to invite people to continue to think about what their first experience was. Because when you hear a story over and over and over again, you anticipate what's coming and you forget that it means something. Right. So may we not ever lose the meaning of good stories. Okay. Mm -hmm. Trailer cast listeners, um, I hope there was something in here for you. A Hershey yeah. kiss or a Jolly Rancher or something along the way that you took a part um, you take something from, from this experience and would love to hear what you think. I, I listen to everything you say and read what you have to say. And I love hearing from you. So um, reach out. I'd love to know what this Easter has been like for you and how it was the same or different or new. And I'd like to just continue to be on this journey with you. I'd also love you to invite you to follow back up with Katie. Um, Katie is a person who has walked me through different parts of my story and different forms of taking things apart, putting it back together. And it has been a joy to get to work with you professionally, but then mainly just to share our hearts personally. It's been, yeah. it's been good, Katie. I love also seeing you uh, take this journey wholeheartedly as in like, as you like depart and take apart, but then you also like build so well. So I just, I'm thrilled to see what it is right now and knowing also what, it, what it's going to look like for you. Mm. It's good girl. It's good. I'm mm -hmm. like a couple years here mm -hmm. the leaving. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's better, it's better than, it's better than you can imagine. Truly, am, that's the whole resurrection yeah, story. <laughs> totally, that's what it is, yes. It's that it's audacious good. hope. Yeah, it I is. love that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, crazy good is still good out mm -hmm. here. Okay, happy Easter, everyone. Happy Easter. <laughs> Thanks for having me.
Thanks for listening. To connect with me, suggest a topic for the show, or ask a question from your own life you would like to have answered, email me at elise at trailercast.com. E-L-Y-S-E at trailercast.com. You can also see more on the TrailerCast website or follow me on Instagram at TrailerCast, where you can watch the renovation of my vintage mobile office and see more from behind the scenes. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes and tell your friends. 